Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Very pleased to welcome two fine souls um, to the pod this evening, as ever. Um, one of our uh, leading badgers in the county, Salman Ali. Sal, how are you? I'm very well, Dan, thank you. Yeah, good weekend. I also won the FA Cup, so uh, I'm still here for our manager this first season, so that's made me very happy. Yeah, it took you about 20 seconds to get that in, Sal. I'm very impressed. And you're, you're, you're in deep for Sussex now, right? You're having a few days off before... I am indeed, yeah. yeah. Next weekend. Yeah. Cool. Good, yeah, good. just a week away. Um, yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, and also a debutante on, on our podcast, and that's uh, James Overy from Bromsbury. How are you doing, James? You okay? Yeah, really good. Um, similar to Sal, actually, a big Arsenal fan, so very happy with what, what happened on the weekend. Good, good. I haven't seen uh, um, the dropping of the FA Cup incident. I've heard about this. Is it as cataclysmically embarrassing as it sounded, or have you seen that? Yeah, it didn't look very good, did it? Um, yeah, I haven't <laughs> had much experience lifting trophies, so hopefully I'll do a better job, but I haven't had to, haven't had to worry about that myself. Yeah, I must look it up, but it sounded like a, a pretty cringeable moment. But there we go. Right, we've got loads of cricket to, um, to focus on this week. So um, it's great that we've got you, you, you with us, Overs, because of course, not only you know you're a stalwart of Premier League cricket and Middlesex County League cricket over the years, but you you, um, you played against Hampstead this weekend, right? Against uh, against Steve Finn, um, first time you faced him, I guess. Yeah, first time I faced him. Um, I, I work at Lords, so I spent a lot of time watching him, but um, yeah, never seen him, uh, never never faced him, sorry. And uh, yeah, it was quite a, quite a good experience, obviously. Fantastic. Well, we'll get back to that. I'm keen to hear keen to hear more about the day when. Um, before we do, though, Sal, um, do you want to, run, run, want to run us through quickly the um, main events in the Premier League on Saturday? Yeah, sure. So, obviously, we had, we had the game on paper, which, which would be a close one between Ealing and Crouch End, but it turned out to be quite a one-sided affair. Ealing winning by five wickets, um, restricted Crouch End to what was obviously a below-par score, just under 2-11. Two, two and then, obviously, Ollie Wilkin blazed away as he does normally and got off to a rocket start and the game was done in the first 15-20 hours effectively. I mean, Crash took some late wickets, but it was, you know, the, the damage was done. Um, just to mention, obviously, uh, I'm not sure if people have seen it, but I'm sure well, they will do in the future because it's going viral and from what I've been told, over 100,000 views. Christian Martin 200,000 now, um, two hundred thousand going through the, through the roof. Yeah. yeah. Christian Martin, Ealing captain, taking two spectacular one hand diary catches, one to his left and one to his right. So if you haven't seen it, and obviously log on to Pitch Vision, I think where is it? Wisdom as well, another other website yeah, got it on their, Twitter pages. Yeah. He was telling me his girlfriend is uh, she's Irish and that was the first game she's ever seen and she actually only got there for that last over. So the only <laughs> over of cricket she'd ever seen was was Christian diving to take two catches, which um, I'm sure will never happen again. Well, that's a schoolboy error on his part, isn't it? Because she can expect those standards every single week now, isn't she? <laughs> wow. She's going to be really disappointed, I'm afraid. Yeah, you're right. I, I spoke to him earlier on, actually, and the phone was a bit, bit couldn't get through to him properly. I said, what's happened to your phone? Because I just dropped it. So he can't keep his phone in the sound, but he can catch a cricket ball for sure. Um, <laughs> moving on, so Tennington, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, two fantastic efforts. Fantastic efforts. Um, Tennington, again, again, looking very, very strong at the moment. Um, put away North Middlesex quite comfortably, 86 run victory, victory. And I mean, looking at their looking at their sides, their ones and twos, and the three to one comfortably. So they're obviously in a very healthy position as a club. Um, without the Middlesex side this weekend, they're still too strong for all. North Middlesex. The style of the show again was overseas Harry Evans, who 
71. Um, I've also seen um, they've signed a, a guy from Stanbury called Riven Bader who plays in there too. So if he's playing there too, then he's a very good cricket from what I see. You know, it does show with the strength and depth they've got. Their captain was back as well, Nick Pride, and he hit 50. Um, Chavez Bush, I mean, from what it sounds of it, got away a bit of a, not going to say a lucky win, but a win they'll be sort of really pleased around because with a couple of votes to go, Richmond were in control, needed 10 to win off, 20, 9 to win off 10 balls, and lost the last two wickets, which fell, unfortunately, for them. Um, Adam, Adam London hit a century for Richmond. Um, the Bush were led by Alex Blofeld, Blofield, sorry, who I'm not sure. Um, gets much attention, but I think he's a very underrated cricketer. He gets valuable runs for them, takes key wickets as well. So he's definitely one of the players who's who's helped in, in the Bush's charge recently in terms of becoming clubs to reckon with. Um, Dan Stiles, obviously, Twickenham, a defeat at home to Finchley. A bit of a shocking start from what I saw, Dan. Uh, but then, obviously, Don um, Manuel J and your captain Ben, Neil Green, added 50s and some hitting from Gurdjie at the end, who's playing his first game. Took up to yep. what could be in a competitive total, but Nirav, um, Niraj Yadav or Finchley hit a 50 and Joe Manuel just come back from playing from Hornsey um, sort of guided the team home to, to what seemed a comfortable win in the end and, and obviously we've got Ron Drew and Hampton game which I'm sure James can give us some more information around them Yeah, yeah. I mean the Finchley game you're right, um, 245 Quickenham felt they were in, in the game um, not sure we bowled particularly well if I'm being honest but Finchley um, Level-headed and, and, and to be honest, I, I saw the last hour of the game and there was only ever going to be one winner from what I could see. Finchley were, were quite impressive, and particularly for a side that, that, that hadn't won a game in the league this season. So hats off, uh, hats off to them. I was going to say about, about Christian Martin's catches as well. I mean, I know I bang on about it, but the pitch vision tool is, is phenomenally good. I mean, and, um, you know, Neil Fairburn at Ealing is, 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 is involved with pitch vision. And if anybody wants to, you know, to think about adding that product to their club's kit, then I, I could only recommend it. And I was a skeptic at the beginning, but it gives you so much uh, in terms of watching yourself bat and bowl. Uh, people can follow it live around the world. I was watching games in rural southern China last year at some point, um, which says a lot about you know the state of my life. But um, but it, it is just a great tool, and I, I think clubs would benefit way more from it than than they probably realise. Um, so um, if if you've not heard much about it, do do look it up. You mentioned the last game there, Sam. Dan, quickly, just add, just add, add as well. I think, obviously, with, with the lack of cricket this year for, for, for Neil's company, this is great publicity for them. So, obviously, I think Christian's helped them out quite a lot. They're, you know, the two catches going viral and all the publicity they're getting now for their, for their product. As you said, it's a great, it's a great idea for clubs to maybe introduce. And yep. having not had much cricket, I'm sure his business has been, you know, concerned around it. So, let's hopefully, you know, this helps pick things up again for remaining the season for him. And maybe next yep. Well. Oh, that's a fair comment. Yeah, that's a fair comment. It is. A, it is a great product. It's very addictive as well. I find myself, you know, looking at the highlights packages that automatically get made and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, on to Bronze Widow. So, over sort of toughish day at the office for the batsmen by the looks of it, right? You, you, you guys, um, and, and with Hampstead, probably what was it, two hundred runs in total in the game? Um, what was the story there? Yeah, it was just two two sort of weird starts to both innings. I think they were. They were four for three. And I think we were seven for two. So, yeah, no, no real thought of the pitch. I've said sort of before we've had it, we've had it relayed, but um, it's actually playing pretty, pretty well this year. And, and we sort of both agreed at the end of the game that sorry, 200, 215 was maybe par. Um, so just two, two poor batting displays, but also <clears throat> two very good bowling teams. I think we've mm. bowled everyone out nearly this year. Um, well, we've had teams nine down at least, um, and that's included in sort of the friendlies and stuff. So we. 
we've got a very sort of like to think a very potent attack and I mean they had obviously Stephen Finn playing and Rich Bannum and Ben Fraser. I mean they're they're you're not gonna get too many better bowling lineups um than those three. Um so yeah, good bowling and, and probably not not the best batting. But um yeah, better better day to be a bowler, I think. Yeah. And and so I mean talk, talking to Stephen Finn, obviously, you know, he's got hundred and twenty five test wickets. He's uh is a name that's known around the world, but not, I think he'd probably be the first to meet himself, not quite the peak of his powers at the moment, but nonetheless, turning up to face someone with that sort of record is, is a fair old challenge, right? Well, I guess you opened the batting on Saturday, is that right? And so you, you had yeah, did first think, Yeah, did think about slipping myself down the order, but um, <laughs> yeah, managed to still, I made the 16-year-old take the first ball, but um, yeah, it was um, it was cool. It was obviously... No escape after know, that. It was a, <laughs> No, exactly. So it feels a bit, um, yeah, slightly strange. Obviously, yeah, he hasn't played in the league ever before, and then he sort of rocks up against us. Um, so it was a, it was a weird one. We were, we were actually really excited. I said it at the start of the day to our guys, but you know, what an opportunity to to face someone like him. And you know, if you do well, what wow, you can talk about that in the bar and bore everyone for years. And if it doesn't go as well as we'd like, well, so what? He's obviously an Ashes so winner, and yeah. you can you can learn a lot from from that. Um, just, just to say on him, like I've met him a few times, but it was you know, to play against him and then speak to him after the game was just it was so cool for for some of our players. Like um, got a couple of younger guys who he, who he spent probably half an hour with just talking about cricket. Um, so to have the Middlesex players playing a little bit more in the league obviously raises the standard, but um, you know the, the club guys get so much from that as well. Not just sort of. Um, the thrill of playing against him, but you, you can learn a hell of a lot from from having him around. And he was a he was an awesome guy all day. Well, that's great to hear, isn't it? Because I mean, I, I t- we, we had a discussion, as I'm sure you're aware of, was the other week on on the pod, where about the count Middlesex players and about where they should play and how often they should play. But the bottom line is, as you say, if you, if you go in and you, you you hit Steve Finn for a couple of fours, you will remember that for a long time, you know, because of the record that he's got. So what what a challenge. To be facing him. Having said that, his figures weren't that good on Saturday, right? Was that why was why was that seven overs for thirty one? I think it was. What did you make of facing him? What was he doing with the ball? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it, cricket? He got six for against Northants um, in a in a Middlesex friendly on Wednesday, and I sort of speaking to him, and he obviously said he was he was feeling pretty good after that, and then he get I get get thrown back into club cricket. Obviously, maybe dents your confidence a little bit and. Um, I'm sure for as for as good as he is, obviously cricket's a, a mental game as much as anything. And you know, he he bowled, he bowled okay, he bowled, bowled pretty well. I think he was obviously there to get what he needed out of it as well. Um, he wasn't sort of running in bowling bounces every ball. Um, he was finding a bit of rhythm. And you know, I guess I like to think that as club cricketers, we're not also that bad. And you know, yep. he shouldn't yep. just turn up and get a ten for. So I think that's often sometimes the. the perception that you know the pros will come down and that's why maybe they don't want to play because it's too easy well it, you know it isn't club cricket's pretty hard and some of the pitches can be a leveler so um for as as good as he is and i don't think you could throw one of us into his level of cricket but him coming back down um it, it isn't necessarily that easy for him just to come in and dominate and um yeah he bowled well i mean we obviously played a miss a little bit but um we managed to keep keep the straight ones out as much as possible and Obviously, when you do hit it, it, it generally goes for four because it bowls it pretty quick. Um, yep. So that helps. I think that's an interesting point, though. I reckon there's at least a dozen players that I've come across in my career who were first-class cricketers but didn't play first-class cricket. 
that, that they'd opt and, and in the leagues I mean they, they just opted either not to do it they had good jobs elsewhere and earned plenty of money and cricket was a social activity or just hadn't been lucky and I, th- I think there is you know the, the idea that it's the sort of jump from you know you know up to the Premier League in football uh, you know say from one of the lower divisions I don't think it, it's that big I, th- I think it is a much more complex relationship between um, club cricketers and, and professional cricketers and, and it sort of gets a bit fuzzy um, with, with some, you know, some really good club cricketers that we know that just for whatever reason haven't haven't gone up and tried their hand at uh, at that sort of level. Um, so in terms of Braun, obviously Hampstead won. Um, you, you guys um, struggling a bit, uh, and you're not the only club that is struggling at the bottom. Um, I speak from experience. Um, but what, what's the view moving forward? You, you certainly sounds to me like you've got a good bowling attack. It, it's the batting where the challenges lie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've. I'm definitely not one to blame luck, but we only played three games and one of them was yeah. rained out when we had Finchley 130 for eight um, with John Simpson in the team. So I'd like to think we would have probably chased that on quite a decent deck. Um, and then the other game was against Ealing, who we lost by one wicket. Um, and then obviously this game, we were pretty close. You know, we had, we bowled a team out for 120. You, you should be getting that. So we are struggling, I guess, if you look at the table. But um, we're we're we feel like we're actually doing okay and we're not too far off. Um, yeah, definitely struggled a little bit with the bat um, for a variety of reasons. We lost our, our overseas, obviously hasn't come over and he, I think, got 650 runs last year. So it's quite hard to replace uh-huh. those. Um, obviously, it's short notice. And we had a couple of other guys coming um, who who haven't been able to come because of uh, sort of a COVID thing. We had a guy coming over from Jersey who um, was in the with, with the YC. So, yeah, a little bits and bobs of obviously meant that the batting has struggled a bit but it, it's given us a chance to pick some of the younger guys so we had a uh young guy open the batting who was who's 16 is in the middle six academy i think number three was 17 and number five was also 17 so we're using it as a chance to pick some of the younger kids and have a real real go at sort of being ready for next year um obviously while still trying to be really competitive and win games of cricket this year um so yeah, we're we're not too far away. We're, we're pretty confident we'll we'll win a few games um, pretty soon. Procchio, was you're you're the old war horse in that side. I didn't I didn't realise that you know you, you're uh, such, such a young team. Really, that's impressive. Uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely not because Rob Nelson's fifty. Mm. Um, James Will- okay, James Williams cool. is fifty. Uh, Nyan Doshi's I think forty, and Ben Claypole's forty. So it's it's been quite a, quite funny that I keep going on about youth, and then there's like four old blokes. Um, who, I think two of them made their debut for Middlesex over 50s last week. So, yeah, we've got two ends of the spectrum and I'm, I'm pretty pretty much dead centre in the middle. I, I take that back then. That's that's a fair riposte. Crikey, that that is um, got, <laughs> got a lot of experience in there as well, haven't you? Respect you. Sam, you wanted to come in here, didn't you? Yeah, so James, obviously you mentioned your 16-year-old Angus Beagle was referring to. Her. I mean, I've heard about this kid for the last couple of years. He's got a massive reputation. Um, apparently quite a big, strong boy, I've been told as well. Um, this is linked to Primrose Hill, is that correct? So you've got quite a good setup you've established there with the cult section there, where you sort of like they feed plays into your club, is that correct? How does that work in, in practice? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're, we're, we're essentially the same club. They, they, they are our cults. Um, they play at Bron, um, and they, they have now feed into our adult section. So for the first time in about 20 years, we've had five teams out every week. Um, and, um, probably half the playing group is now people who are either playing or have played at Primrose Hill. So for me, I've, I've looked at North Middlesex and you know, I speak to a few people at Bronsby, they'll 
um, tell tell you that I've bored them enough of a, sort of how how I want us to be and and use their sort of model of getting in your homegrown kids and, and giving them a chance sometimes when they're maybe not you know would normally get that chance get them up the teams as quick as possible. I say the guy who opened on Saturday um, who was sixteen, Jamie Sharp, he was in the freeze last week and then he went straight to the ones um, and he got fifty yesterday in the cup. So I'm massively keen on just getting these guys experience and getting them playing. Um, to, to go on to sort of Gus, I picked him when he was 14. Um, he made his debut uh, at Stanmore 2017, I think it was. And he, he just he just looked the part. He played in the freeze with my dad and he just said, look, you've got to get him in. He's, he looks like a real, real find. And, and he certainly has been. He got his first five for last year in the ones. Um, and I, I think he's, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised he isn't in the Middlesex setup. I know he was, but he hasn't made it into the academy. But there aren't, you know, there aren't many bowlers in the league who I want to face less and certainly um, they see him every Tuesday at Nets. It's, it's not something I really look forward to. That's really interesting as well because I mean one of the things that I find is that if you're a good player and playing on a bad track, not a bad track, it's unfair on lower, lower league cricket, but tra- tracks that are not as well looked after as they will inevitably be in ones and twos, it affects the way you play, affects the way you bat, affects the lengths that you bowl uh, and you do need to get any players with talent playing on in the better games of cricket because then they pick up the better habits and they get to watch good cricketers play and of course they, they learn quicker in the 15 and 16. It's, it's harder for the older boys to to learn those new tricks, isn't it? So that, that, I think that's a breath of fresh air. And, and I'm sure a number of clubs have seen what North Mid have done there and, and will be thinking about going down exactly the same route. But actually doing it is, is tough. So every respect to Bron for, you know, for doing this now. And as you say, you've sort of got a free hit this year, haven't you? It doesn't really matter if you lose every game. Um, you know, if you've got those guys who've suddenly got... You know, not saying that you will. You haven't played us yet, for one thing. But, um, but at, at the same time, if... If you um you know if they get nine Premier League games of cricket under their belt, then that's got to be a good thing, right? You know, for next season when it matters a bit more. Yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit of a balance there because you want people to feel like they've earned their spot. So um and obviously you get a lot of people within the club maybe moaning that why so and so gone ahead of someone else and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. you've got to balance it a, a bit. And obviously the kids have to be they have to be good and they have to be confident and ready. Um, but yeah. we're really happy we've got a core group of maybe six or seven who are like best mates. They, you know, always are training together, they're having Nando's together or whatever it is they do um, after the games. Um, and it's they're just sort of growing up together. And, and that's sort of what I saw at North Mid is you had a, a bunch of guys who are close friends and have, have gone kind of on that journey together. Um, and that's sort of what we're trying to emulate. But yeah, it, it doesn't really matter where you finish, but it, it does to me. I certainly don't want to, I don't yeah. like losing games of cricket. And up until yesterday, I hadn't won one. So, um, yeah, we, we we want to be competitive. And, and one of the things about getting the kids in is it's learning how to win games. If they're just used to losing all the time, that's obviously not going to do them much good as well. So it's, it's a little bit of a balance. But I totally want to get them involved as much as possible. Yeah. Well, that's my second attraction in the first 10 minutes of this podcast because I, I didn't trek over to North Mid-2s on Saturday to play to lose. It, it didn't matter that it was whether it was in a formal league or an informal league or a friendly. Yeah. Once you get out on the field, you, you want to be competitive, don't you? Whatever you do. Um, yeah. And you and I good. played enough to, enough uh, nineteen eighty seven league representative matches yeah. from years ago. You, you still want to win them? <laughs> That's that is right. Oh, that is spot on. Yeah. Um, Sal, this coming weekend, what what have we got to look out for? Any fixtures that catch your eye? I think they all they all got some interest in in terms of you know the the, the value uh, Crouch and Tellington at Crouch and I mean this will I think be a game dictated by spin with the weather forecast all week looking another dry hot week 
both sides have a, a rare spin of talent in in their ranks, and it could be who's 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 spinners bowl the best wins the game. Um, Finchie at home to Eden. Finchie got their first one as we mentioned earlier, on, so they could be obviously tails are up and looking forward to Eden coming over to them. Uh, Hampstead again, again hosting your guys down at Limited Road. Yep. Which again, Hampstead, you know, on paper they're all strong side as James has mentioned as well. Um, could provide a real test for your guys. And North yep. Middlesex, who are North Mid playing Shepherds Bush at North Mid again. Two sides, got some fantastic players, both reasonably in form. It could be another one of them games, which could be a real, real high scoring one. And then finally, as you mentioned, James is there at Richmond, sorry, Bronsby playing Richmond at Old Deer Park. Richmond, as I mentioned earlier on, very unfortunate not to get a result on Saturday against the Bush. Um, brave, brave sort of effort in chasing, trying to chase down a big score over 300, just fell short. Um, and obviously, James has mentioned how good cricket bronze we're playing at the minute. So, again, both sides haven't won a game since, obviously, after Saturday, with the weather looking as it is, we should have a team that's won a game from those two clubs. Yeah. Any thoughts on that one, Overs? I mean, I guess you, you just travel and see what happens, don't you? You take your strongest side, you give it your best shot. Um, have you previously got on against Richmond? Are they a side that you've done well against? or? Um... Yeah, we played them last year in the Middlesex Cup and we, we beat them. Um, and I think a couple of years ago before that, we, we, we drew here quite a high-scoring game. Um, but yeah, you know, the team's changed quite a lot, I suppose. Our team's changed and I'm sure Zaire says. I know, I know the captain, Will Phillips, pretty well. We were in uh, on an MCC tour together this year, so I'm looking forward to, to facing him again, which will be fun. Um, and yeah, I just hope the, hope the hot weather continues because we Pretty confident with our with our spin attack that we'll um we'll be able to contain or or um or bowl them out second innings. Sounds good to me. I mean, as Sal says, all of these fixtures have got have got sort of subplots and dramas, which is the way good league cricket should be. There's lots going on, lots of potential match winners. We see Adam London was in the runs, as, as Sal mentioned. He he'll be one to keep an eye on, as mm. always. You know, always a good player. Played played serious amount of first class cricket. So um, yeah, best of luck on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Looking around the rest of the divisions, guys, as ever, plenty, plenty going on. I mean, I, I don't really w- want to go through every one of the results. I mean, I, I think I've said this in previous weeks because just too many of them. But a couple of results caught my eye lower down. I don't know if you picked up on anything, uh, Sal. Was there any games in particular that, that, that you saw that were, um, uh, were particularly interesting? I mean, I, I think you're going to mention it yourself. The Stanmore Harris St. Mary's game was probably two sides who I think we'll, we'll be looking to. Uh... Be near the top of the table at the end of the season, and obviously it was a good win for um, Kishikari's side against, uh, you know, Harrow, who have got Ravi Patel and Kawa Kazmi, two regular spin bowlers. So, yeah, I think that that was a game for me that sort of stood out in terms of, um, you know, where will both sides be at the end of the season? And obviously, Sam will getting that result will, will give him a big chance. I'm definitely looking to finish easily in the top two, if not if not win the. Yeah, thanks for that, Sal. I, I spoke to Tush myself um, over the last 24 hours about that game. And it, it's quite interesting because they, the, the Stanmore guys w- were pretty open about not playing particularly good cricket against Sarah St Mary's, but they came through and they managed to win. And, and I think sportsmen of many different ilks will be able to um, recognise that. A good side is a side that wins when they play badly. And, and you know, recovering from 50 for five to win the game is, is pretty impressive. And I know Tush himself got a few runs there. And also, Harris St. Mary's were 124 for four with two batters quite well set and, and only got 150. So, hats off to Stanmore for, for pulling through when, um, you know, when the chips were, were down, really. Um, at the other end of the table, I also noticed that, that Brentham managed to get their 
first win of the season. That's um, that's always good uh, to, to get some points on the board. I know Brentham have had a a pretty tough winter, to be honest. Um, you know, sort of a lot of people are, are quite worried about COVID, so they're they're probably a little undercooked compared to where they would like to be. But they beat Osterley, quite a thrilling game as well, to be honest. Um, they needed uh, sixteen when the last pair came to the crease. Uh, time running out, and and um, you know, and they they just about got it. So um, you know, every respect to them for for squeaking squeaking home. Um, Division three, Division four, um, North London, one of the only unbeaten sides left now, Sal, alongside Wickham House. Any, any comment on that one? Yeah, just to know, and just to know, good at the office full of guys uh, that posted a score which they would have been confident of defending, I imagine, with the followers that we have. But obviously, they're opening bats for Thomas Hudson, who was called up from the fours. He's their normal fours keeper and took the place of the ones keeper who was injured and not read the script. He smashed 47 or 30 balls, which gave our opening bowlers a bit of a shock. Um, but once he was dismissed, we kind of reined in, reined in the runs. The, and... the fourth team keeper came in and opened the bat in for the ones and smashed the ball everywhere. He did. He scored 47 of 30 balls of 40, which came in boundaries, four fours and four sixes. So wow. I imagine he may well keep his place next week. I would be surprised if he's not inside again. Um, yeah, so once we, once we dismissed him, we sort of, um, sort of won sort of quite comfortably in the end. So, yeah, yeah that was a good win for the boys. So... Well, everyone's very happy at the club so far this season and having it to go. Sounds good to me. Yeah, they're in a, in a good place, as are um, Wickham House as well. Wickham House um, were also unbeaten at the top of the top of the tree. Division four, um, we have two sides on 21 points. That's SKLP and Actonians. Um, I know Actonians had quite a close close encounter with Ealing Trailfinders. Uh, they just about squeaked home. They were chasing 119 and I think all was looking okay, 115 for six, and then... Inevitably, people get the collie wobbles as they get near to the total, and they lost two wickets on the same score. So um, it was left to the the number ten to to, to see them home. Um, and I mean, I, th- I think Actonians, you know, long-standing club, as we were talking about next week, that they'll be looking to try and you know really use the fact that um, they're now in Division Four, they're now sort of no longer in the Championship, as it were, um, to, to hopefully bounce back after 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 a few, I guess, relatively um, lean years. Looking in the in the other divisions, um, one or two results caught my eye, um, and, and a couple of them I don't know that much about. Um, Sal, what the hell happened at Tower Hamlet Seconds on Saturday? Have you got any info on this one? Well, looking at the result, I think Infield would have wished they went to the zoo rather than actually going to Regent's Park to play <laughs> cricket because they were true, well and truly stuffed. Uh, Tower Hamlet's racked up 410 for five, and Bowley and Enfield have 145. I know... Um, Fellow called Muhammad Omar Farouk hit 194 um, from the sides, 410. So, yeah, I mean, that was phenomenal batting. And obviously, uh, I'm not sure where we stand in the record books and runs scored by a team, but that's a fantastic effort by, by their second 11. Um, I know you're going to mention, obviously, some other high scores that also um, scored by teams. I know there was. Hampstead, uh, before before we move on to those, though, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. and absolutely, Sal, I, I, overs. Have you ever been involved in a game where a team scored four hundred? I mean, in a limited overs game of cricket, I have not. I've never seen that score posted. No, I've had a few days where it's felt like that. I remember <laughs> Ryan Higgins going berserk a couple of years ago, but um, no, I don't think four hundred. I think uh, yeah, somewhere in the three hundreds. But yeah, four hundreds yes. It's a pretty good effort. Pretty special. Um, I don't school. think we've scored 400 aggregately yet. So. <laughs> As I say, you haven't played Twickenham yet. Oh, you know, get, get your powder dry. Um, 
But Sal, how about you? Have you 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 come across a score in that ballpark before in never, league? Never played in the game. No, not four hundred. No, not that I've heard of. No. Yeah, fair effort to to do that. Um, I'm not sure how big the boundaries are. Regents Park, maybe it could be. You know, sorry, we could be one of them grounds where the boundaries are quite small, but it's a park ground, so we don't know what they have to play to normally week in week out. Obviously, it's still used by the public as well, so. You know, I'm sure the people who are having their picnics will probably get quite annoyed with the ball flying around them, I imagine. Um, but yeah, it's a phenomenal effort to get that many runs. It is. I mean, I, I couldn't help but wonder when Omar Farouk was out. I mean, if you're out in the last over for 194, it's fine. But, you know, who knows? He might have been out with five overs to go and just missed out on a double yeah. hundred. Amazing. Yeah, been. Really? Um, but you're right, there were a few other high scores around, weren't there? And, um, did, did you pick up on any yourself? Yeah, I know you'll come to on yourself in a minute, but um, Shepherds Bush, again, who seemed to enjoy playing on a Sunday there for 11, had a good result yesterday where they um, paid that bridge and they scored 3 2 2 for 8. And Hampstead 4s, taken James's uh, third 11 at Bronsbury, they also scored over 300, scoring 315 for 4 in their game. So, yeah, there was obviously some runs being scored in, in some of the games at the weekend. And, I'm, and you want to come to one as well, that was mentioned on the pitch next to you. When yeah, you mean, yeah, I, I sort of saw one of them. I was playing at North Mid, as I think I mentioned earlier, in, in the twos game. And um, North Mid threes were, were on the next door pitch and, and they, they racked up 360. Um, and it was one of those odd ones, really, because we, if you'd have said to me at the end of the innings, how many did North Mid score? I'd have said, oh, I don't know, about 250 maybe. And yeah, I looked at the score and it was like, blimey. Uh, you know, it, it didn't feel like the ball was going everywhere, but um, 360 says it was. Uh, and poor old Eastcote got, got nowhere near it. I, I know the number eight for, for North Mid also top scored with 63. So I was, couldn't help but think, you know, you imagine you're through the, uh, th- through the batting line, that number eight comes in, you think you've got a chance, and he, he goes and, and, and batters in absolutely everywhere. So every respect to North Mid, um, that, that, that's a decent total. Um, but it wasn't all runs, runs, runs. Um, there were some sides who opted to bat first, and it went cataclysmically wrong. Um, uh, Twickenham fours being one. Um, I should probably highlight that as a as an interesting score in the, uh, over the weekend. Twickenham fours were um, they're actually unbeaten since uh, about July 2018. That that starts from the 1987 league, and of course last year um, Division Five B, which they were in, was was new to the league, so that they went the whole season unbeaten. Um, so so that to say they're in, on a decent run would be something of an understatement. But um, cricket can be a strange old game. 25 all out against. Acton fours. Now I have heard of scores lower than twenty-five, but that was a bit of a bit of a rude awakening for them that they were not at full strength. I'll be honest. But even then, um, but the thing that caught my eye, to be honest, guys, was um, uh, Joel and Eden got got eight for two. So he bowled eight overs, and I think it was six maidens and took eight for two. Now again, th- this is th- that's a record for me. I don't ever record. Uh, recall anybody taking eight wickets for two runs uh, over Sal? You got anybody in that sort of ballpark? That is, <laughs> I saw Adam Wilson. He took Adam Wilson took ten for about three years ago, but oh yeah, he went for more than two runs. Yeah, yeah I've seen that occasionally where, where someone's got nine or even ten, but it's the fact that there were no runs. I mean, it says something about Twickenham's batting, but uh, at the same time, that that truly phenomenal performance. I do know of one person who will be listening to this podcast who took seven for none once, uh, Mr. Paul Smith for Ickenham. Um, and uh, Paul, I think it was nine overs or eight overs, eight maidens, seven for none. So Paul, every, every respect there, but I guess eight for two is, is better because he's took the extra, the extra wicket. So I'm um, going to speak to Joel um, and, uh, and find out a little bit more 
about that uh, and, and we've got him on the line now. So Joel, um, talk to me a little about your uh, weekend. Yeah, sure. Um, so to be honest, rocked up, uh, looked at the pitch. Um, Which wasn't great, I hear, if I'm being honest. Uh, well, um, it looked like we we're playing um, on the uh, on the outfield, which you know, as a bowler, I was licking my lips. I was like, "This is this is good." I didn't mind this. Uh, bit of divots in the pitch, can't complain. Uh, but to be honest, uh, the only thing running through my mind was uh, just trying to you know get some rhythm. Um, uh, I knew if I just bowl straight on the stumps, it's going to do a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, since I um, I actually didn't get my first wicket until my fifth over. Um, at this stage, uh, I guess I can say I bowled uh, five overs, none for one, uh, which feels good in itself. Yep. Um, and then the next three overs was, uh, yeah, just a bit of carnage. <laughs> it sounds it. I mean, have, have you had a good season in the run-up to this? Did you see this sort of thing? Se- second, second game of the season for me. So I had one um, social game. Uh, and that was my first proper game of the season. And how were you getting your wickets out of interest? Were we talking bowls, courts, like fours, the foot, the whole um, array? Uh, the first one was, I believe, caught behind. Um, kicked off on a length. He gloved it to the keeper, um, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a fast bowler, it's always nice to get one off the glove. Good dismissal, uh, isn't it? That? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then the rest was uh, top of off. I was on... Uh, I got three wickets and one over. Um, I was on a hat-trick, uh, which felt nice. Uh, two bold, two top of off. Um, and then the over after that, um, obviously I didn't get my hat-trick. I was gutted, but it's fine. Um, next over after that, I got two in a row again. So I was on another hat-trick. Uh, two bold. This was um, two leg-side Yorkers. Um, oh, wow. So didn't even need the pitch, really. Um, <laughs> And then, um, uh, yeah, and then I think the last, yeah, the, the next one was an LB, which I, I felt like the umpire, he had to give it because it was pretty middle of middle and he felt bad for giving it, but he had to give it because, you know, it's the game. Um, <laughs> but you don't always get them. You don't always get them, do you? You know? Look, I, was, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't put his finger up, put it that way. Yeah. Um, and then the last guy came in and... Um, I think he was like um, fumbling around with his bat or something, and I realised um, I realised he he might not stand for too long. So I just thought I'll I'll do the old bouncer Yorker trick, and the bouncer actually went for four buys um, over everybody's head, <laughs> yeah. and then um, the Yorker just you know just just bit the bat, bit the pad, just yeah. sneaked on through, hit the stumps, yeah. So that that was twenty four all out for Twickenham, and and I guess you guys must have knocked them off pretty quickly. This it wasn't a particularly tough chase. Am I right in saying that? Oh, wow. No, not really, no. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't 24 for eight or anything. Well, no. put it this way, I, I didn't really want to bet, so... <laughs> yeah. And what did the rest of your team say? They must have been sort of ever more amazed as the figures kept developing, right? Um, it was actually quite funny. I had one of my... After my fifth over, after bowling um, four maidens in a row, I had one of my, my um, colleagues, uh, one of my teammates, walk up to me and be like, oh, you just need to, you need to just hold it back a little bit. And I was just like... I was like, mate, I've just bowled four maidens in a row. Like, come on, like, <laughs> what yeah, else do you things want to are going do? well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, they, they were astonished. They were just as amazed as what I am. Um, I, I still actually can't believe it, to be honest. I, I still hear eight for two. I'm like, yeah, like, what, what, what? I can't, 
I still can't really process it, really. <laughs> well, we've done a little bit of poking around today to try and find better figures than that, and we failed. So oh, we really? Failed. We've heard of a seven for none, but, um, we, we, you know, we, we can't get an eight for two. So, so um, what about, I mean, I'm sure nine, some... Nines or tens? Yeah, there have been, there are, to be fair, there's been a 10 in, in the, first, uh, the first 11 before now, but it's the very fact there's only two runs. That's the bit that catches the eye as well, you know, eight for two. When I first heard about it, when I got back to the club, I thought it was two for eight. Oh, yeah. thought, you know, which is the logical thing you think, isn't it? Um, an Australian scoring. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I just wanted to sort of end on, of course, you've been playing cricket on Monday as well, and, and you were bowling, and, and it, it went a little differently, would that be right to say? Just Yeah, I guess you could say it nearly went opposite. Um, take, the, take the two away, put a zero behind the eight, and um, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Went for about over 10 and over. but Over 10 and over. So it was, what, I mean, eight overs for? Uh, it was eight overs for 84, I think. I didn't really want to look at the book, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that is, that is wonderful in its own way, in that you can show how cricket can change from being a game where you cannot do anything wrong and you're getting everybody out all the time to being, you know, which hedge did my ball go into type stuff, which is, oh, yeah. is fantastic. And that was Acton on tour, right? So that, that was part of Acton's against uh, Lindfield, I think it was against, yeah. Super. A long-standing tour. I've, I've heard Acton players talk about that uh, over, over many seasons. It seems like a great thing to, to do. And it's, it's pleasing to hear it's still on in this COVID summer that we're... Yes. That we're um, not staying around. It's just day trips. But nevertheless, it was still great to get back out in the sun and, and play another game of cricket. Fantastic. Joel, it's been great talking to you. Thanks very much for the insights. And um, yeah, best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you very much, Dan. So much for that, guys. Um, fascinating. Um, scorecard there in, in Division 4. Um, there were other games of cricket that weren't in the County League also played this weekend, including uh, in the League Cup. Um, Sal, do you want us to give, to give us a few of the highlights there? Sure. So before we come to James's game yesterday as well, just in, so League Cup 2, which obviously is for clubs within Division 3 and Division 4, sides that have gone through to the next round after yesterday were North London, Harrow, Wickham House, Southampton, and a bit of, and the shock of the round was where Tower Hamlets actually beat um, Acton. So yeah, we've got Division Four side in the final eight, which is good. Um, and then obviously in, in the League One Cup, as, we, as they call it now, um, Stanmore comprehensively beats Crouchend by ten wickets, which was a fantastic chase, chasing over one hundred and fifty, I think it was almost. And James will talk us through his size great result um, at Harris St Mary's. Over to you, James. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we had a good win. It was yeah, first win I've had um, this season, so it was good to get get over the line yesterday. Uh, we we what did we get? One ninety. Um, young lad got fifty odd, which was pretty pretty good. Um, sort of innings anchored the innings really well, um, and we thought one ninety was was going to be way too many to be quite honest. But we only won by fifteen runs. Um, Paris St Marys, we've always found them to be a side who's just they're always in the game. They always find a way of, of getting themselves into a winning position. Um, so yeah, we're, we're obviously delighted to make sure that we actually were on the right side of that um, yesterday. Um, and I think it's, it's Stanmore um, at home in two weeks time, which um, mm. I'm sure will be another, um, another good contest. We had a good game against them in a, in a preseason friendly at the start of the year. Um, obviously a, a very strong cup side. Um, if you look sort of over their recent history, um, but Middlesex Cup is I think we got to the semi-final the last three years in a row so um, certainly something we target um, every season and hopefully we, we get the job done in a couple of weeks 
And how do you get the availability sorted there? Because I'm guessing some of these young lads will play Saturday, Sunday, and it's absolutely no problem at all. But we've talked in previous pods about the challenge of getting people to play two games a weekend. Do you, you guys don't seem to have that problem perhaps as, as much as other clubs. I think we're, we've got a lot of, we've got quite a big squad of, of good players, I mm. think. Mm. Um, we don't sort of have that many superstars. So if a couple of people are unavailable, or we, I like to think we can bring people up from the twos and it doesn't weaken us a whole lot. Right. Um, yep. And yeah, we've got a lot of kids. We've got yeah, five, six, seven um, youngsters who, who will play yeah, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever. So um, yeah, they're always sort of available. I'll, I'll, I'll play any day of the week as well. Um, and there's a few of us, but yeah, we certainly don't get your sort of Robert Nelsons and um, a few of the other guys, but um we, we generally do all right. As I say, we're not going to win the Premier League this year. Um, but, you know, it's a cup and we can actually win that. And whether we will or not, who knows. But um, we always see the Middlesex Cup as an opportunity to, to actually win something, um, which as a cricketer, you're not going to do that many times. Um, so, yeah, we take it very seriously. That's no, good to see. It's good to see. Last question on that. And again, you don't have to betray any trade secrets on this one. But I'm always intrigued as to what captains think about the toss in games like that and in limited overs games in the league as well um, some captains really like to chase whatever's on the board they think their team can knock them off others and we at Twickenham are more in this camp we, we, you know, we like to give people a bit of free reign score as many runs as you can and then challenge the oppo to get past it are you in one of those camps or is it very much it depends on the day uh, I, I always like batting batting first um, I always worry it might rain and I won't get to have a chance to have a bat um, I see the so angle. generally yep. I like to bat first <laughs> for that reason but um, I actually on Saturday we didn't toss I, 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 spoke, I spoke I know Ben Fraser quite well and I just said what do you want to do and he said bat and I said okay um, <laughs> because I, I genuinely didn't really have a I didn't know what I wanted to do so I just said yeah you crack on if you want and when they were four for three I thought I'd, uh, I'd sort of pulled a bit of a master stroke but um, yeah, it wasn't to be yeah. but yeah gem- generally I like to bat first but I, I don't really I don't really mind. We can we can stuff it off either way. So yeah. we're pretty relaxed. Yeah. I mean, we, we about 10 years ago, we, we used to have this thing about batting first in the all-day games as well, or, or the limited, or the time games rather, because um, we felt that people could bat without any, with less pressure. And particularly, we, we had a team of people who wanted to really hit the ball. And we felt they kept looking at the scoreboard too much when we when we chased. And that might be a an immaturity or whatever, but it was just easier to get these guys to go out and see ball, hit ball when we batted first. And we, and we did that, you know, no matter what the format the game was and that, that sort of went against the trend a bit in the time games lots of people like to chase because they you know they think they can control it a bit more but um but you know different horses different courses and all that um moving on right i, I wanted to just touch on one thing very quickly folks um as ever i should be careful what i say on these things because it, it can lead to torrents of fascinating facts coming our, our way now sal we, we had a chat about Crouch End, didn't we? Do you remember about their winning streak? Do you want to just remind us what the what we were talking about there? Well, we were trying to establish um, teams who picked up a maybe a winning streak at winning at home or maybe winning away or maybe overall in terms of how many seasons they may have gone about losing games or how many games they've been lost in a period of time. And I know Paul's been working furiously behind the scenes there gathering information regarding this and he has come back with some fantastic um, bits of snippets of... Um, information here which i'll let you um read out yeah i mean paul's done you know he's he's got the stats to hand i mean he's he's created the website so that these stats are churned through the system and and it's great to 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 be able to unpack them all and he does pretty regularly what what he calls stat attacks on the on the website there so you can 
you, you can see, you know, if certain issues, um, uh, you know, are interesting, what he thinks about them. And I think he's going to do a piece on on this about longest winning streaks. And and w- one of the things that that became clear straight away is it, it wasn't well, it wasn't clear whether a winning streak um, would be broken if a game was was abandoned or rained off. Now, Overs, what do you think? Does that is that game voided and your winning streak carries on if you win the next week, or would you say? Uh, that's it. Good night, Vienna. What, what would you, your starting point on that one be? Oh, it, it's completed games. So if it's abandoned, you just just carry on. Just your ignore streak. it. I think the idea of it is to see how many games teams have won in a row. I think the, it's just the feat of keep winning. Um, yeah. So yeah, just to break it up with a bit of rain, I wouldn't bother with that. Sal, I mean, I'm in the same position. I'll be honest. To me, if a game's not finished, it's just voided. You know. Um, but what would your take on that be? Well, I, I, I would say that if, if, if the stats for the individual batsmen and bowlers still stand, then it's an argument for, not for the game to stand as well. Right. But, yeah, okay. I get that. But if, there's, if, if, you know, if you've bowled two overs in the game, then the yeah, stats will still the stand, won't they? Um, but anyway, you could, you could go either way on this one. And Paul's got different stats for, for, for those different paths, as it were. Um, the bottom line in all of this is that the longest winning streak in the league is 12. 12 on the bounce, and that is um, Richmond. Richmond um, managed 12 winning, you know, 12 won games between mid-June 2017 and um, 18th of May 2018. So effectively, you know, not far off a whole year, obviously. And that's that's home and away. Um, And I think 12 games on the bounce is is a pretty impressive record. It could actually have been 21 um, because they lost to Elin. the game before that streak started, and had they won that game, then it would have been, you know, a ridiculous 21 games on the bounce uh, one, which, you know, that's a phenomenal set of statistics. If you're looking for unbeaten streaks, so this is, of course, um, th- thinking about time cricket and the fact that, you know, draws are in the game and it's simply harder to win, then the longest unbeaten streak in the league, just for those who are interested, might not be massively surprised to hear that in first team cricket, soon it's Ealing. 28 games they went unbeaten um, in first 11 cricket between um, early June 2008 and the 26th of June 2010. So that is over two years, which is uh, it is pretty impressive stuff. And it says a lot about Ealing's dominance during during that, that period. Um, if, you, if you want to look at all of the teams, then since 2001, Hampstead, actually, Hampstead seconds have the longest unbeaten streak that was 30 games that was a long time ago that was september 2001 to, to, to july 2003 so 30 games unbeaten for Hampstead's second string we did ask actually of course when we spoke about crouch about home we thought crouch home form was pretty good uh, well if you just look at home games then it's um it's richmond again uh, 15 wins on the banks uh, very impressive uh and the unbeaten one would be ealing again 20 games unbeaten between june 2008 and June 2010. So um, an interesting uh, array of stats, and Paul will tell you more um, if you want to look it up on the website. Last factoid I wanted to throw in there, one club does really, really well in the seconds and thirds, and that's North Mid. It shows a lot about where North Mid have come from. Um, if you look at North Mid twos, they have the longest winning streak at home for, 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 um, for the seconds, that's 11, and their thirds, they have, they have 11 at home where they won um, all 11 as well. So North Mid, very strong in the twos and the threes. And, and there's some impressive winning streaks there, which, which makes me think, Sal, you know, must take a pretty good team to go to North Mid twos and win, eh? You know, at any point. Um, I'll just leave that there. Okay, I'll just leave that there. Um, <laughs> yeah. On that note, though, um, 
Anything else you want to throw in, guys? Anything else that you you know you feel we need to to think about before we wrap up? Just just to add on on all the information you've given there, so just to just to clear up for some people out there who may go beyond these years, Paul's data only goes back to two thousand and one, I think he collects yeah. it from. So anything beyond that, and you know, will not actually qualify effectively because he's only using what he's got his disposal. So there may be arguments from clubs or individuals who will say. Well, I've got data going back to the 1970s, for instance, or 80s, and why is that not included? The simple reason is because he's trying to keep it fair for everybody, and it, it starts on the same date. So, Seems perfectly logical to me. That you comes know. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good, good. Overs, it's been great having you on the show. I hope you, um, hope you can come back at a later point in the season and talk to us about where, um, where Bron are then. Best of luck uh, next weekend when when you play Richmond. Um, and best of luck also with the MCC, because of course you you, you know you you uh, you work for the MCC. Um, will you be playing any MCC cricket yourself through the the course of the next few months, or or are you just organising it? Yeah, we we yeah usually would have sort of five hundred games in a year, down to a hundred, so um, a few uh, a few less to choose from. Um, I'm meant to be playing on Sunday um, at Wormsley um, against. I think Andrew Strauss might be captain for the opposition, so. Ah. Yeah, only because I, I get to pick the teams, I, I make sure I, I only play the good ones. Um, That's your so, yeah, privilege, mate. To that That's your week. privilege. Uh, no should... problem with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good, good. But you, you have got a bit of a. No, looking. No, we're obviously really looking forward to that. But you have got a bit of a dicky hand. Am I right in saying? And this had nothing to do with Steve Finn or anything, did it? You, you did you, you? You came a bit of a cropper yesterday against Harrison Marys in the cup, right? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've managed to cut, split the webbing on my hand. Um, yeah, painful. Yeah, I dropped a catch, um, so I got what I deserved, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I did end up in I did end up in A and E this weekend, but it wasn't because of uh, any sort of Stephen Finn bounces, which um, when I went to bed Friday night was a was a very real possibility. Was in the back of your mind somewhere, yeah, 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 exactly. Good, good. Over. Thanks for the insight. It's been really, really great talking to you, Sal. As ever, thanks for, for the input and um, all being well. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Cheers, folks. Cheers, guys. Thanks, James. Thanks very much. Thanks. All right, cheers. Thank you.